0: Hi there! Welcome to Textures, a podcast about art, design, and entrepreneurship. My name is Valérie Legras. In each episode, I meet with an artist, designer, creator, innovator, individuals who add textures to our world. We discuss how they are able to make it happen. Join me in discovering their world, their work, and how they go about living and leading a life that inspires themselves and others. Today, I have a great pleasure to host Leslie Sinclair. Leslie is the owner and creator of Segredo Finishes, a Houston based company dedicated to exceptional finishes in the world of architecture and interior design. Leslie's career started in a totally different environment. After graduating from business school, Leslie worked in large corporations for years until her passion for finishing furniture and walls led her to quit her job and embark on a new journey. 25 years ago, Segredo Finishes was born. In this episode, you're going to hear Leslie talk about how she turned her creative passion into a successful business. With a team of 40 artisans, Segredo Finishes collaborate all over the country with the best in the world of architecture and interior design. Leslie and her team constantly seek to further push the creative boundaries and deliver stunning results. From wall to ceiling, to product design, furnitures, cabinetry, and countertop. Segredo Finishes finds its route into ancestral techniques and revisits it to bring it to another dimension, for traditional to contemporary design. The level of creativity and quality is, in my opinion, exceptional. Leslie loves challenges and she delivers. One of her secrets is to constantly attend a higher level of excellence and in what she's doing. She reads a lot, explores, and experiences. Leslie is relentless. She lives her life and her business with passion. Welcome to Leslie Sinclair. Hi Leslie, well thank you so much for being my guest today and you know, being on Picture Podcast.
1: I am so excited about it, Valerie. I can't even believe you thought of me. So I can't wait to get to know you and your readers better and share what I know.
0: I'm very happy. So Leslie, you are in Houston right now. You are uh, in Texas. I think this is, you were born there. And you spent a good part of your life there. Uh, I did. And you, you did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, my husband always, because people always say, where are you from? And I was born in Germany and did travel when I was young with my dad's career, but feel like Griffin, Georgia is my home. And my husband's like, you've been in Houston since you were 12. I think you're a Houstonian.
0: <laughs> well, and I would say... Um, you must be the most European-Ustonian I know, because all the work you're doing is very much like uh, Italian design or French design. So you must be the most European-Ustonian I know. <laughs> uh, so Leslie, what was your, you, you started your career uh, in a very, very different way than where you are today. So what was your dream as a little girl? What, what, how, how did you see your life unfolding? What was your dream life?
1: Well, I grew up in the restaurant business. Uh, My parents had five restaurants and I grew up waiting tables, working with people, serving people. And honestly, I thought I would take over the family business. But uh, my parents separated. We moved back to my home state of Texas. And so that kind of changed things. But I think what I learned from that is I love meeting people, serving people, giving them great experiences. So I just wanted to find something with my passion that I would be able to do that.
0: So what was your passion? How did you find your passion as a as a child or as a teenager or as a young adult? It,
1: it was kind of my parents were always, you know, you can do whatever you want in this world. But the key to it is to do the very best at whatever you're doing at the time and learn as much as you can. So I still, probably my biggest passion is learning. And as a child, I was brought with a lot of different experiences. And I honestly thought, you know, my mom drilled in my head business, 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 so you can support yourself. But looking back as a child, I built forts. But I built them, painted them, made furniture for them and decorated them. I played Barbies, but of course it wasn't, hi, how are you? You know, like my kids did with the Barbies. It was, (laughs) I built homes, built furniture, made drapes, you know, and painted them. And I loved writing when I was young. I wrote a lot of books and illustrated them. So I think for me, that was never a career. But looking back, um, it's my passion from the time I was tiny.
0: And so you, you didn't want it to embrace like a um, graphic design or interior design, but it didn't hit your, 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 your brain. I would say you didn't think about it at that time.
1: I really didn't think about it till my mid thirties. I mm-hmm. didn't consider it being an option.
0: So what was the switch? What was the click, the, the trigger?
1: I think it was uh, in my corporate career, and I did a lot of consulting. um, I always did side businesses. Like, even though I had a full time job, I also painted, I had a line of maternity clothes and like matching mommy daughter clothes. Uh, That's nice. I did that on the side. I had home shows. I did floral arrangement. I painted art. Um, So, that was always like, my passion, what I love to do. And when I got in my thirties, I had three children and I was like, I want to do what I love to do. So I sat down and honestly just made a list. People was at the head of the list. I love art. I love design. I loved architecture. I like creating. I like learning. And I started doing all this research on decorative painting, faux finishing, that kind of a thing. And like at my house, I would just play around with it. And my husband used to joke, he goes, Leslie, you need to like make this a career because there was one room in my house that I painted over and over and over. <laughs> like every week it would be something different. And he said, our house isn't big enough to accept all these layers of paint. It's getting pretty small. So you, you know, you need to do something about it. So he was super supportive and the paint store, I used to go to a Benjamin Moore dealer, and show him what I was doing and ask questions. And he said, Leslie, your stuff is better than most professionals, you can, you should consider making it in a career. So although my mother who paid for my college education was a little disappointed that I was quitting and starting uh, something where I could wear no makeup, jeans and work with my hands, uh, you know, overall they've been very supportive and she's, she's proud now, it took her a while. But she's come around
0: <laughs> oh that's good that's really that's a good story so you went you 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 went to college for business you did the full um business school experience and then you worked in corporate so it was about what four or five years you worked in corporates
1: uh actually it was about twelve years oh years that I worked in corporate. And when I started having children, the firm I worked for hired me as being a consultant because I didn't want to work as many hours. Uh, but for me, creativity is creativity, whether it's business or whatever you do. And what I found is I always come up with ideas and they go, that's a good idea. Let's like put it up the corporate flagpole. And by the time they'd have an answer, it was six months later. And I had six other ideas. So Mm -hmm. And having my own company, I could try things, and if it if it failed, great, I learned from it. You know, if it worked, I would continue on that path.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome because you have a, you have two brands, you have a creative brand and a, a business brand, and this is kind of rare. A lot of people are one of the other one of the other. So it's definitely a great asset. And so um, you're really self-taught. Or did you have any mentors that helped you, um, you know, improve your skills or open doors that you would have never think about? How did you evolve in your career, in your creative career? Yeah,
1: I think one part, and people I think need to express them more in this. I liked experimenting and doing my own finishes, and I didn't like too much training in the decorative arts in that it kind of puts you in a box. So having some knowledge, but also experimenting on your own, we came up with so many new techniques that maybe are different from everyone else's. So that for me is super fun trying to figure it out. But I do have a mentor who I call my guardian angel. And it was about 12 or 15 years into after I started Segreto and I went to a house which was a pretty large home and their philosophy was, we want it to feel like we have two old Tuscan farmhouses that we've joined together and modernized. So everything in it is more contemporary furnishings and cabinetry, but the shell of the house really needs to feel authentically old. So I got the contract based on faux finishing and I said, It just doesn't sit well with me because faux finishing, although it's beautiful, means Mm fake. And you're trying to create this really authentic, you know, warm environment. So Google is my friend. I researched all sorts of things. I did take trips to different parts of the country to see things in person. And that's when plaster came to my mind. And I loved the old school plaster, but it was super expensive to establish because you have to do that scratch coat, brown coat, and finish coat, which is probably, I don't know, maybe 20 times. I'm probably wrong, but more expensive than a sheetrock type house. Yeah. So I wanted to figure out how to get that same look over sheetrock. So anyway, I met Marion Sailors, who is an old school plasterer. He ran Dorner Plastering in Houston, and he was mesmerized by my take on tinting the finished product of that, and I was mesmerized by his knowledge. And I think together, he helped me create a business where we could take an old school plaster and bond it directly over sheetrock. So it really was a game changer and my business and what i could offer to clients
0: yeah because when you started so if we um, um, go back to the beginning so if you i guess you were working on four finish on walls cabinetry floor and uh, you know furniture i guess and then the yeah. plaster all of a sudden brought you to far bigger uh, dimension um, yes
1: yeah it was something like people did venetian plasters but this is different than that and it was something kind of that people weren't aware of it was a new it was a new thing a new look Mm -hmm.
0: and so today which i was really really impressed is you're doing uh you cluster showers which is amazing to me and uh the look is absolutely astonishing this is very uh slit very very pure and how do you work on I never heard about that. I never heard about a plaster being, you know, uh, sealed or waterproof. Um, Was it something new in your uh, experimentation? Is that something that you work with a designer? Is that something you work with a contractor? Or how did you, how did you, uh, uh, appear to create this product?
1: I think, and there have been plasters, like for example, in Egypt, you know, most of the showers, tubs, uh, a lot of the wet areas are plaster and it's a plaster called tadillac. They weren't doing it as much in the United States, but I was really intrigued by it. Um, it has been, I mean, I'm the kind of, I, I think I want people to love their products forever. And what we were finding is some things on the specs would say, this works, this holds up. But what does holding up mean? So, we have done a lot of research to perfect our technique where it's not only beautiful now, but maintained properly, it can stay beautiful. So, that's probably where the challenge is. And we're constantly trying to improve the process because so many products don't last.
0: Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely something that is, you know, it's very important in, in our industry is having something we can rely on and guarantee the client but it's not going to be over in six months or a year or two years from now um, so basically right. you if we, if we look at the uh, product you you're creating and you have creating a lot you have a the segredo plaster the segredo stone the segredo paint, and the, you know all these elements so you test out um, in Your house first, let's let's say, for example, the shower. Did you try out in your house or do you, how do you know that it's going to work and last? Uh, Do you, uh, what is the creative process and um, feeling comfortable to bring it to designer or your clients?
1: Most things I do test out in my house first, because I feel like if I live with it, I can share with people the pros and cons because I think as long as people know the pros and the cons and what they will have to do to keep it beautiful, then they can make their own decisions. Um, the first shower we did actually was not in my own home. We had done a couple of them. We did a, a, uh, renovation, um, here about eight years ago and we did put in a plaster shower and I honestly love it and the reason is is so much what I what I do is to try to make people feel happy and warm and comfortable in their own home give them an experience because I think life is so much about that So, what I love is every day when I take a shower, and I'm a shower, not a bath gal, the Tadillac plaster almost feels like clouds going above you. It has subtle shades that get darker and lighter as moisture gets into it. Mm -hmm. And then as it dries out, it kind of does the reverse. So, it gives me this zen place to start my day and to end my day. And it's amazing. It's something about the natural and the softness of the product that honestly makes you feel different
0: it's a living material based on what you're saying it's definitely yeah, yeah. all right so what uh, can you um what is plaster exactly this is...
1: and so many people most people call plaster venetian plaster but yes. there are thousands of different plasters um, and what we try to be is knowledgeable on all of them, knowledgeable on what they do, what their qualities are. So if you come in and talk to us, it's not these are the three products, pick A, B, and C. We spend a lot of time with our clients. How do you want your house to flow? How do you live in your house? What feeling do you want it to have? What maintenance do you want to do? Are you no maintenance? You don't mind maintenance? Do you have kids, animals? And then we pick that perfect product for what you want in your home uh, we do use all natural products i feel like living breathing there's something different from a formica although it has its use and something natural
0: mm-hmm. and so you also developed something very very interesting that was that is the secret of stone if you don't mind uh, speaking about that, you did beautiful um, countertops with it. I saw I saw them and it's really, really uh, unique.
1: Thank you. I think, I mean, that's been one of those happy kind of accidents, not something we set out to do. My uh, daughter, who used to work for an interior designer for four years, has worked for Segretto for five years. And when she first started, she said, I love what I do because I see so many different design styles and it's really great to be able to provide backdrops for so many different styles. But what I really miss is furniture design. And I said, Kirby, as long as it has to do with our business, because I am always branching out and things that I think would be exciting to do, you know, let's go for it. And She said, I'd like to develop a plaster furniture line. And about 10 years ago, we were developing products for countertops that we thought would be uh, durable, give people a different look, and we kind of put it on the back burner because other things got busy. So we brought that out and she and my operations manager worked together creatively to harden the product, make it go over different surfaces. So with this product, we do sculptures, we do furniture, countertops, sinks, we're even doing doors out of it, fireplace mantles. Um, And the beauty of it is, It's natural, it's quiet, it's soft. It kind of bridges the gap between contemporary or old world or traditional. And people I think are kind of tired of everything being busy. You know, you have to have places for your eyes to rest. So this sculptural product has really, like at first people were like, we want it for our counters. And I just said no for a while. And then finally I said, yes.
0: and it you know. doesn't cracks or nothing i mean it's just like you don't have to do any it seams it's just like uh it's a it's like a big stone
1: the beauty of it is the first island we did was 20 feet by 10 feet mm-hmm. Same. so it was stunning uh it does it is not indestructible it is more durable than marble or concrete it could have hairline cracks over time. Uh, it's it's, left, a, it's I mean, a living material, so it's part of it,
0: I guess. This is part of the, the way it's going to edge, and edge nicely, no?
1: Yeah, and in my opinion, that gives it more character yes. out know, over time. So it does change over time. Uh, the key is maintaining it properly with all natural materials. Uh, you know, you don't want to put Clorox, just like you don't on natural stone. It will edge yeah.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful.
1: And I've seen, uh, you know,
0: you're mentioning the, your daughter Carrie um uh, designing furniture, you, you can indeed do any shapes. Uh, I've seen some very curved um, uh, little bench that you did, or also console. And it's something you can basically not do in a regular material because, or natural stone. I mean, you could do in a natural stone, but it would cost like, uh, it would be so hard to fabricate. <laughs> to fabricate. and. Um, so, your secrets about doing the the segredo stone on it just give a very very um, uh, it gives you a designer a lot of uh, freedom in their creative uh, creativity
1: it, it does and although you know our goal one day is to have you know certain products that we you know sell nationally but we're so busy creating custom one of a kind products because it does have so many options Mm -hmm. that we haven't had time to do that, but we can do fluted bases. We can do rough edges, fluted edges. We're doing for an ultra contemporary house right now, a fluted fireplace in blush pink. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: I I I mean, and Houston is a great city for, for I mean, I know you travel traveled everywhere in the country, but uh, Houston is, a, I, I believe it's a very, very, um, it's growing so fast. I believe this is the fourth largest city of the US now. And uh, it's close from us. And when I go there I see some beautiful contemporary houses. And I, I love that. I mean, I'm attracted by the contemporary world. Um, and you have definitely um, great, um, Options for architect and designer to work with you. This is really, really great, um, Leslie. So we're talking about all these beautiful products and all the line you developed. Uh, you also developed the pent Segreto pent. Uh, what was the purpose of creating your own uh, pent line, knowing that there is a lot of you know uh, uh, pent uh, option in this world? So what what was the purpose for you to have your own line? Maybe matching what you already have in your uh, other lines. I mean, just trying to understand the. Well, all, what all the lines I used to
1: always get is plaster has such a warmth and depth and just beautiful tones. And people always wanted to, like a lot of times, we don't plaster the whole house, or they want the baseboards to blend into the plaster so mm-hmm. they don't stand out. Uh, and I would spend so much time hand mixing colors for people taking it to a paint store, having them try to match it. It didn't match going back five, 10 times, uh, and then giving the client that paint, you know, for the, for sherwin Williams or Benjamin Moore to make it. And they do have some beautiful colors, but it was just time after time. It wasn't yeah. the perfect color and I'm so color sensitive for me if you walk in a house and all the colors marry gently together you know there's a coordination it's just a different feel there's nothing like it so i wanted to provide and i also had people from all over the country saying you know we can't plaster it's not in our budget but we want those beautiful colors so really it was a service to the clients giving them that perfect tone uh, and it has been so much fun. I mean, I felt like a chemist in a lab <laughs> all, all my paints, mixing all these beautiful colors. So, you know, for me, it was, it, it's a joy and it still is.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. We didn't talk about something, uh, Leslie, but I saw in your showroom, all the three-dimensional um, elements that you put on a wall. I don't know how to explain that um, verbally but, you know, the little flower or the little um, curve that are just three-dimensional. Can you can you try to explain that? Um, you know, how... I
1: think, and, and this goes back to, to me, I love, like in my uh, new book, Segreto Impressions, I have a whole section on my journey to create. And for me, I think your imagination is your only limit. And also maybe your personal skill. So I honestly feel like my gifts are to hire people that are better than myself. So I have like this amazing toolkit when I'm dealing with clients. Uh, I've always been totally mesmerized by the raised plaster that people do on walls. And I hired someone uh, actually from Cuba who did a lot of the castings and monuments on government buildings where they're embedded into like the brick or the old stone. So the way that we do them is we come up with a design and he will hand mold everything out of clay. And then we make a mold from it and then pour plaster in it over and over and over until you come up with this large, like the floral one you were saying, we have yes. thousands of florals. And our first installation was on a ceiling. It was 12 foot in diameter and each individual floral leaf and twig is hand applied on the ceiling. Uh, and so now we've done other designs, pretty much what anyone comes up, up with. Like we have a client that wants a real Zen thing and we're working on a design for a designer here where it's lotus flowers that are embedded in the backsplash behind her stove.
0: So I'm sorry, what push, I'm, 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 I'm just jumping on what you were saying when you work with designers. When you work with designer, is that the way for you to really, do they help you to push really uh, the creativity and push the boundaries? Or is that something that you do on your own and you like to just challenge yourself and just find for new ideas?
1: I learn something every single day from my clients, and that is probably, you know, my most favorite part, and I am so fortunate to work with so many amazing architects, builders, and designers, and they'll come to me with a concept and say, how can you make this happen? So they do push me, and my staff sometimes say, why do you say we can do anything? Because I'll go, (laughs) I don't know how to do that, but we can figure it out, you know? Uh, And that part is so much fun. And it also opens new doors every day. Like, wow, when if you put this twist on that? Or when if you change this or use that product? Um, But I get a lot of amazing inspiration and ideas with the people I work with.
0: So to implement all these great ideas, you have an amazing staff. I believe you have about 40 artisans working with you uh they are your family you i mean i know you 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 mentioned uh you talk about them as the big you know segreto family and i can relate to that um i'm from a family uh we are a family business owner and we celebrated the 101 year of a family business in france so i really understand the dimension of having this um being so close from your employee, but how, how did you how did you find them? How did you train them do, you, your skills are so unique, and your uh, uh, what you propose is so different. Do you train them internally? do you um, I guess you don't have a big turnover I, say, I guess people are staying there for uh, and learn from you and learn from one another. Um, if you can you know talk about about your amazing stuff.
1: I think, and I would be nothing without my amazing staff. So they're really the ones that deserve all the credit. Um, when I first started how to hire people, uh, my main thing is, is this someone that I would invite to my house for dinner and that I would have be around my children and take care of my children because I feel like if they have those qualities, they care about things, they care about people, they care about their work and what they do. um, I can train them to do just about anything. So I think we started in that direction. Since I have hired people that have amazing skills that help train the rest of the staff. uh, But we all learned from each other. And I think the most important thing is who you are as a person and how you care about what you do and the people you do it for. Yeah,
0: and so your staff is uh, you and
1: your staff actually are doing uh,
0: works all over the country. So explain me, how do we work with Segredo uh, finish if we live very we live very far away from a. Uh, uh, Houston and we want to do a countertop or we want to do a shower so you have you cannot sell your product you need the skills of course so I guess you travel on site and you stay on site uh, to implement your, your your work is that how it works
1: yes and some things eventually we do want to develop a training program where we can train other artisans in different parts of the country to be able to install our products so that's something we are working on, but we're just not there yet. Uh, so I help, I'm i as helpful as I can to anyone that asks. Of course, what's difficult is if you hire us, there are trip charges versus if you're down the street.
0: Yeah, for sure,
1: for sure. So, so but, uh, uh-huh.
0: you know, Tell me about the name of your business, so Segreto, what it's coming from?
1: Um, Segreto so means secret in Italian. And it was named after my husband's uh, family. When he was 12, they changed his name to Sinclair to make him more American. So it was an honor to them. I thought it was a beautiful name. And unfortunately, when his dad made that decision, um, he was the only uh, son with sons. The name was lost. So anyway, it's a way to bring it back. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes. And so it's it's interesting because you mentioned uh, your um, book, you you wrote about four books, correct? Tell me if I'm yeah. wrong. And you yeah. also have a very active blog. I mean, you have a huge community and every Monday morning I open my computer and every Monday morning, morning I have my uh, blog from, from you, which is really, really uh, exciting. And so <laughs> this is, this is interesting because your company name is about secrets, and basically you are very open to, you open your secrets to the rest of the world, writing incredible books, writing incredible uh, blog posts, and I thought it was very um, charming to have this name and being able to still share your secrets.
1: I I mean, I always feel like it's so funny, people are like, don't, uh, I, I feel like that's part of a great part of life, sharing ideas and um, sharing ideas and getting ideas from people um, for me is so much fun i mean i get inspiration from so many others i hope that i can give a little inspiration uh and give back
0: no you definitely give a lot of inspiration (laughs) definitely leslie i want to ask you something most of the creative people uh struggle with business uh the business side of of um of life and it's very rare to have people who enjoy both of it. And it looks like to me that you, as we said, you have a creative brand, but you also have a business brand. Um, so what your business experience from the past um, brings you today or how did it help you when you started your business? Because I know this is a very a struggle for a lot of creative minds to just go in business and just thrive. Because we don't like you know people don't like uh, uh to deal with the economic you know the accounting part of hiring people or right. uh, you know all this business part is a, a struggle for a lot of creative people
1: i think that my past career definitely helped me and having that background um made it easier for me I think the starting Segreto, the first thing that helped me get continued business is I was always on time. I always did what I said I was going to do better than I promised the person. And I would do whatever it takes to make that happen. So I think setting a schedule and making sure you keep charge of that and doing what you said is, is just, it puts you above someone else. You know, because so many people don't do that.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's important. What is your daily routine? You don't have a routine or you do, You are the type of person who has a routine?
1: I get up every morning and am at my home office by about five. Mm-hmm. And I do, uh, you know, estimating, billing, human resource things, write procedures, do all that before my job starts at nine. You know, and then during the day, I'm with customers most of the day, I make sure I'm in the office an hour or two every day to answer questions of anyone. Um, so I do have a routine. And then at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm super big on responding to everyone, uh, hopefully within three hours, but at least within 24 hours. So customer, that customer interaction and follow-up is, is like my biggest pet peeve that, you know, if, if it doesn't get done. I heard that you said that you had a family business that was going, just celebrated their hundred year anniversary. Yes. In 2019. Oh my gosh. I mean, that is so amazing. And it really means something to me because I do so much reading with business books and there's one that stands out to me. It's called good to great by James Collins. And it speaks about all these, uh, businesses that have survived generations and the only way you can be a great company is to make your business be able to run without you and survive the generations and it does all these case studies on 50-year companies and 100-year companies and honestly that's one of my biggest goals business-wise is to be able to train my staff and empower them to be able to have the confidence to take over and do great things on their own. that's awesome. Do you
0: have any other books you you want to share with us? Because I I think it's, I'm a big reader uh, reader too, so I would love to have more advice.
1: I mean, two that I think really made an impact on me are Start With Why, and it's by Simon Sink, S-I-N-E-K. And it really talks about, you're not selling products and services. You're selling reasons. And it, it really digs down on you on why you're on business and why you're trying to do what you do. And then it talks about developing your whole business strategy around that. Um, another one is, it's not what you sell, but what you stand for. Uh, it's by Roy Spence Jr., and it also talks about uh, developing a mission statement and doing everything you do and having your staff abide by that mission, um, what you're trying to do for your clients. But those those three books have really inspired me to be a better business person.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing.
1: Welcome. Share some with me. I love to read. Well, yeah,
0: I will I, will, I will. I mean, one that inspires me a lot, but I don't think it's in English. I mean, uh, it was, you know, I was born and raised in Champagne and it's uh, Le Carre d'Avance, the de Mouet des Chandon. So basically it's the whole story about how wet you know, the Champagne, Mouet, and Chandon has been founded. And I was reading it and I told my family, I said, this is a book that should go into any business student's hands because it has so much, it's, it, you know, it's, it was, um, I think it was funded, Moët uh, Chandon was founded fund, before the, the war. And uh, it's a long story and how it really, really uh, grew into an incredible business. But the origin of this incredible company is very interesting. And there is one man behind, which is the name is Robert John de Vaugway. And uh, he he was grounded and all these people didn't go to business school. All these people had a passion, know how to respect their team, know how to respect the customer, the people they're working with. And it, it is just fascinating. And to me, that was one of the best uh, um, uh, business lessons that I received in a long time. And it you know, was written about a story that started a hundred years ago and it's still very accurate for today's world, and I thought it was fascinating. But I don't think it does exist in English.
1: But you, but also, you know what? Now mm-hmm. with Google Translate, yes, I have to do. I have to do that a lot with uh, my spa- My my staff who are all not English as a first language. Um, It's amazing how good it is. So I'm going to pull up Google Translate and get the book. (laughs) I will give you the name, I will give you the
0: name, but it's really interesting to see also how this type of company went through the war, you know, that they were doing their own resistance uh, against the German, how they were hiding butter of champagne on the ground and things. I mean, the whole thing is very, very fascinating. So. And you
1: know how that also relates to today's world. I think with everything that's happening with the pandemic, all businesses, including my own, are having to learn different ways to adapt to a new way of doing things. So that book could be very inspiring. It is. I mean, to me
0: that was one of us one of a you
1: know, one of the books that I read that really
0: had an impact on me. So yeah, I will definitely share with you. Thank but you. If I say it in if I say it in French here, you might have a hard time to take notes. So, so <laughs> I'm going to put it on the episode, um, episode uh, note. That
1: sounds yeah.
0: perfect. Thank you. All right, Leslie. Well, thank you so much. Um, you know, it was very, very interesting. I was, I really wanted to share your your story and your work, uh, because I think it's it's very, very, very different, and it's endless what we can do with your your. Team your product and your creativity, so I think it's important that a lot of people knows about it.
1: Well, and I think it's always fun talking to you, and I can't wait till you come back to Houston and see me in person, or vice versa. Yes, um, yes, it's
0: been too long. Like we're locked up right now, but hopefully things will settle. Yeah,
1: <laughs> hopefully, this won't be forever. I know the whole country feels that way. Yes, um, but I'm, I think the key for me is. Uh, Find something you're passionate about because then it's not like work. I mean, I feel like I go to work every day and play, every day's different, every client's different, and that is. I, I, I think I'm so lucky uh, that I kind of stumbled into something like that.
0: Yeah, I cannot agree more. This is so important, and I think, as you know, as a mother um this is what i really want to teach my children go for what makes you vibrate, you know because otherwise you're going to have a boring life and you don't want that
1: you're a good mom i can tell
0: <laughs> thank you leslie okay <laughs> well thank you so much again for being on the podcast
1: oh my pleasure thank you
0: It was such a pleasure speaking with Leslie Sinclair. I hope you enjoy listening to it. Her creativity and entrepreneurial spirit is such an inspiration. If you would like to learn more about Leslie Sinclair and Segredo Finishes, visit the website at segredofinishes.com. Once on the website, you can subscribe to the weekly blog. I personally love receiving it every Monday morning. As mentioned in the episode, Leslie also wrote several books. I will put the links in the episode notes. You can also continue to follow her journey on Instagram at Finishes. All the books mentioned during the discussion will be added to the episode notes. This podcast is an ongoing creative conversation for anyone who looks around and sees the added texture in their world and want to know more about who is doing it. Be sure to share texture with your friends and community. Find your preferred listening platform at valerilegras.com slash podcast or just listen to us on Spotify. Thank you for listening. A bientôt.